Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Kane is in the building. Boys up for the fourth quarter of the show. Monday morning live on Ramon and Kayla and Will. Powered as always by all four seasons garage doors with Ramon Foster. The best producer in the world, Jonathan Schaefer. The best producer in the world. Of the world, Craig. The world. And Kayla Anderson with another day of vacation this morning. I'm Will Bowling. His name is Will Bowling. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes we just let the introduction speak for itself. Yes, William. The scream at the end really makes that. It does. I don't want to talk over the scream at the end. It makes it worth it. And it makes it even better, even though it's not Robert Walsh, envisioning Robert Walsh just screaming for 10 seconds like that. His name is Will Bowling. Imagine that, man. Oh, you got to love that. Pretty good. Yeah, that was really good. Wait for it. Wait for it. Fantastic. Uh, 615-737-1045, our number this morning. Former NFL head coach, current ESPN analyst Rex Ryan, interviewing for the defensive coordinator position with the Denver Broncos. So is he putting his toes back into the water for coaching? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he said if the, if the shoe fits, then he's going to take the job. I mean, in Denver, trouble was afoot, so they figured that Rex Ryan would be the, per, per, the best person to fix it. I mean, he's gotten the boot before. <laughs> I said it takes the perfect Cinderella slipper to get him the right job. <laughs> Shoe got to stop with all these jokes. This is unbelievable. <laughs> if the shoe fits. He might be listening to us he stays right down the street. He's a Nashville Don't guy. care. <laughs> I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. For the, we don't care. For the pain the that he calls me on Sundays, yeah, you're going to get these jokes now that I got the upper hand. I think he's like, yeah. He's a good coach. He's a real good coach. I'm actually shocked he's been out this long, Be you know, to be truthful with you. Head coach of the Jets from 09 to 2014. Mm-hmm. Led him to back-to-back AFC championship game appearances in 09 and 2010. Uh, before he was a head coach with the Baltimore Ravens for 10 seasons, including four as their defensive coordinator, in which that defense was in the top 10 every season. Yeah. It's not bad. Not bad at all. He knows ball, but it's a matter of, uh, like he said, seriously on the serious tip, um, how how – much of a perfect scenario it has to be for him to go work with Sean Payton. What does that mean for him? You know what I'm saying? You know, the offense should be there and you got some good components of a secondary in Denver that you can really work with. Denver might actually turn it around. If Sean Payton can get, uh, Russell Wilson out of his own way. He stands on his credentials. He's, (laughs) (laughs) that's where we're still on the foot thing. Hey, Hey, I'm here for it. Well, uh, Rex Ryan has said he would not leave ESPN unless it was the perfect situation. 
perfect fit. So, <laughs> the perfect, uh, the perfect fit. What if he got orthotics for those feet that he's trying to put perfect foot in? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I try to think as little of that obsession that Rex Ryan has of the of the topic of discussion we're having as much as possible. Yeah. ESPN's trying to shoo him away. <laughs> uh, well, ultimately, ESPN will just be a footnote on his entire career. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be in the footer of his resume. Oh, this is what we're doing today. He I'm just decided careful. he wanted to kick it with Sean Payton. <laughs> you know, you never mind. I'm not going down this road. Tennessee y'all. missed its last <laughs> eight free throws in Rump Arena on Saturday. Uh, the Vols were 4 of 14. A lot of their shots were kicking off the iron and uh, rimming out. Uh, they missed their final eight attempts. A victory was not a shoe-in. All six in the second half. <laughs> Will I get the first kick eventually at Geodis Park? All right. Now I think you we're might. done. I think we're done now. <laughs> I think we've worn it, it is, out. It is match week in Geodis Park this week. For match match. Are, are you going to get first kick Saturday? or Can you go? <laughs> Saturday. What do I have Saturday? Oh, I got baseball skirmishes Saturday. <laughs> this is the area of the calendar where every person with kids in this building is like, oh, yeah, I've got a baseball tournament this weekend. I swear to you, Will. <laughs> every single one of them. Mayor, I'm sure, is in the same boat. I think Babsy and Baby Babs are doing softball, if I'm not mistaken, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that time? What are you doing, Moan, this weekend? Baseball. Baseball. I texted you Saturday night. Texted you Saturday night, like, oh, like, you know, what, what are you up to? Baseball. Baseball. Oh, okay. Now tell the whole story. You ran across somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Ran across a friend of the show. Jobs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess we're, yeah. I guess we're naming that name. Yeah, right? Absolutely. You ran across <laughs> He Dobbs. was going to make you name drop even if you didn't I name drop. Oh, you're definitely name, name dropping dropper. right now. I know. I'm but that's the reason dropper. I made you do it. You ran across Dobbs. He's like, where's Ramon? Yeah. What was my reply? Uh, in his home state doing baseball. In Josh's home state doing baseball. Yeah, that's right. That was the full report. Every, week on, every weekend from here on out, that's baseball. Right. That's to put my foot in my mouth with that one, huh? Yeah. We're done. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. We're done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If you don't understand the joke, do not look it up on a work. You know what, though? <laughs> what? Since you're an ex-athlete, you have athlete's foot. <laughs> All right. And see. Hey. Take care of the feets, man. Hey, golly, I didn't realize what that was until you realize you end up having it. But my feet do not stink, though. Tell you that much. Mine do. No way. Yeah. You're too clean to have stinky feet. Uh, it's like a runner thing. It's a runner thing? When I would run, like those, those running shoes would get disgusting oh. like really quickly. How, how quick do runners go through shoes? Uh, at UT, we would get them like once a quarter. So like every, every three, three, months, three months. Every two, three months we'd get. But the thing is, we would have flats, shoes, and spikes. Jeez. So spikes you uh, you race in, mm-hmm. flats you do like speed stuff in, like workouts in, mm-hmm. and then like the shoes you just do like most of your mileage in. Okay, so and cross country running like on grass. Did mm-hmm. you still wear spikes in or did you wear I shoes? I did. Uh, more so in college, a lot more guys would wear flats. Okay. Because the terrain, like early in the season, first race of the year, we'd wear flats. Okay. Because you would be so sore from not being used to wearing spikes. Gotcha. That if you're running 8K, like you're running five miles on a on spikes, uh-huh. you're going to feel a little bit oh. more the next morning. Oh, yeah. I did that with my football yeah. place. Oh, it's So sucks. we wear flats, and that's like the happy medium of the two. Okay. And flats are super light, but... uh. I preferred to wear track spikes. I never wore cross-country spikes. There's a difference. Yeah. Is it- track spikes are lighter. Cross-country okay. spikes have a little bit more support. 
because okay. you're going farther. And uh, I wanted like as little weight as possible. That's, that was me. Yeah, that I was like our philosophy at the team in high school. Okay, yeah. I got you for sure. That that makes. Sense. I actually I went I was at my parents' house last night celebrating my mom's birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, mom! Birthday, mama bowling. That's right. It was uh, Friday, Friday, and um, you didn't even mention it on air, man. We could have gave that shout out. You you charging your mom fair. for a shout out on no, I'm Friday? Not charging anybody? For Dude, wow. you had a lot of stuff going on last you week. Did. I know. Your life just got so much better, but complicated. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But uh, we were uh, my they were like trying to like clean out a lot of the house, like cleaning out like my room. Yeah. And uh, I was looking through and my dad had laid out all of the shoes mm-hmm. that I had in my, like my bedroom at home. And I think there were like five or six pairs of spikes and I was going through and pick it up each one of like, Oh, remember the best. Re- oh, really what it was knowing me. I was like, remember my worst race in these. I remember my worst race in these. I remember my worst race. In these. And it was like, I had four pairs of the same running shoes lined yeah. up like side by side by side by side. Yeah. But you can't sell those. Nope. Cause those are like, that's team gear. And then your prop, I, that was before NIL. So like I couldn't have like sold my old running shoes. Cause then oh, I would have been ineligible. Mm-hmm. Did, so did you end it up as all this was laid out? Did you keep it? Have you tossed no, it out? You I didn't, didn't keep it in a single <clears throat> pair of them because they're all worn down. Yeah. Like, you can't. And I have no use for spikes anymore, obviously. That, that to me is one of the most okay grown up things a person can do. And when they start getting rid of gear, like I got rid of a bunch of like man, it's sad trophies and yes. stuff. Yeah, it's really sad. I kept a lot of the medals and trophies and stuff. I I haven't got to that point yet. I probably will at some point. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to find the spikes that we won state in my senior year. Yeah. Because I have like my jersey framed from that year, and I want to yeah. keep the spikes with them. Yeah. But I don't know. Like it's like I'm very nostalgic. Like I don't ever think of these things or see them. Yeah. But I'm like, oh man. But 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 when you do see them, that's a conversation we need to have one day. It's like, when do you get rid of old trophies? Like the one that I've kept yeah. is my Mister Football, uh, my most improved. I got MVP basically of the spring game. Not uh-huh. once, will, but two times. Right. Okay, at at UT. Um, and then I got like I, of all the trophies I kept. I got rid of, I kept my first ever trophy that I got, and I kept like maybe two or three more that I probably should have got rid of too. Yeah. And I'm just like, why Why am I keeping these? Like I kept an eighth grade basketball tournament trophy <laughs> that the team had that I had last, so I kept it. And I'm like, why do I have this? So I tossed away a bunch of memories, but who going to hold them? That is the, that's a question we should ask at some point this offseason is what's the best self-memorabilia you have from your own athletic days that you'll always keep. Like the one trophy you have that you never want to get rid of. My, our, my, my state champion medal senior year across country mm-hmm. would be my main one. And I was mid-state runner of the year senior year. Yeah. And I have that plaque of runner of the year. I Man, I just tossed so many of them. I, know. I kept most of the newspaper like clippings and stuff, though. The good thing about Olympic sports yeah. is you get a lot of medals. Uh-huh. And medals are easier to just hang up on one hook, and you're good. Like instead of like having 15 trophies, trophies yeah. you can hang up 15 medals, and it takes up like one spot on That's the wall. That's well, the beauty of Olympics. I'll say this now: baseball has gotten so youth baseball. They give out rings now. Do they really? Oh my! Will gaudy rings? Oh, too. that would be my one prize possession: is my state championship ring from senior yeah, year. I got one of them. If I was like, if the apartment was on fire, that's the thing I would grab for real. Yeah, hundred percent. Never got one of them. Heck, I. Do I? Yeah, I still have my UT ring, my alumni ring. Yeah, I got it yeah. somewhere. There you go. <laughs> I don't even remember getting that thing. Coming up next, Teresa Walker joins the conversation. Her thoughts on what Vanderbilt needs to do to 
bolster their NCAA tournament resume. And if we learned anything else about this Tennessee team and its loss in Rupp Arena on Saturday, the GOAT, Teresa Walker, joining us on the other side. It's Ramon, Kayla, and Will, 104.5 The Zone. Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Monday morning edition of Ramon, Kayla, and Will is powered by all four seasons garage doors. Ramon Foster, Will Bowling with you. Jonathan Schaefer making the show happen as we go to the phone lines to hear from one of our favorites. Dare I say just our favorite. Singular favorite. Don't even compare it, Will. Absolutely. Please don't. Capitalized journalist when you talk about Teresa Walker, who joins us this morning. Good morning, Teresa. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I- I'm doing good after a weekend of uh, uh, soccer, uh, uh, the, you know, the women out at uh, Geodis Park. It was quite a turnout, and it was a, a fun fun afternoon. And-, and-, and, guys, I love that there's always either a Tennessee or Nashville connection. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. women's national team scored one goal yesterday in their win over Japan. The goal was scored by Mallory Pugh, now better known as Mallory Swanson, who married former Vandy Boys uh, player Dansby Swanson, who's now with the team that I support in Major League Baseball, the Chicago Cubs. So, uh, I mean, there's always a connection. And I'm glad you brought that up, Teresa, because I-, I wanted to ask you about that, because I know you were there in Geodis Park yesterday, and really just cool to see like 26,000 people there to see the U.S. women play. I thought that was a really good turnout for that event. Oh, it absolutely was. And uh, if you tuned in and watched any of the doubleheader, uh, Brazil and Canada, mm-hmm. Canada actually won 2 nothing. Uh, you got to see Marta you know, come in as a sub. She's working her way back from an injury. Uh, a lot of people did say it's kind of tough with the, you know, the seats there. You know, it, right. it looks like there's always a crowd anyway, but – you know, there were a lot of people, pl- you know, that stuck around to, to on a Sunday at late Sunday afternoon to see Marta get in the game as a sub, and and then yeah, mate. Once they saw her play some, <laughs> yeah, some people may have left for the exits, but uh, it was a pretty. I mean, you know, it, let's just put it this way: uh, twenty five thousand plus looks a whole lot better, Jodis, than when they would play. You know, I think the last time the She Believes Cup was here was in twenty nineteen mm-hmm. at Nissan. It you know when it looks a lot better at Geoda, and it's a much more intimate. In fact, I had some you know people who normally cover soccer all the time, and they're like, "This feels like this could fit in Leeds or you know any right. club stadium in England." That's the kind of job that the uh, Nashville SC group did in putting together Geoda's Park. Wow. 
And they uh, start their season Saturday. Looking forward to that. Uh, Saturday afternoon against uh, New York City FC. Uh, well, Teresa, when you look at this Tennessee basketball team, we'll start here uh, and their loss to Kentucky. Do you feel like we really learned anything new about this team? Because the conversation we've been having all morning is, yeah, it's another loss. It's kind of the same as what we've seen. And this team just kind of is what it is right now. Exactly. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're up, they're down. Free throws remain an issue. Cold stretches offensively. You know, it's like when they go to the basket a few times and, and miss some of those close shots, it's almost like a panic button strikes and they start throwing up some shots from outside. And it's like they, they get out of their offense a little too quickly sometimes. And that's when they have just cold stretches where they just can't knock down shots. It happened to them when they lost to Vanderbilt. Credit to Vanderbilt. You know, Vanderbilt was like one of something, you know, hadn't made but one shot or hadn't made a field goal at all over the final 40, uh, 430. And then, boom, they make the one three at the end of the game uh, because Tennessee let them, literally let them stick around. You know, Julian Phillips could have dunked that ball and given them a, a very nice cushion with a, a few seconds to play, and Vandy still having to give a couple fouls. You know, Vandy had to execute perfectly, and Tennessee left open a window. And that's it, it's like a killer instinct that, you know, we're still kind of looking for with this mm-hmm. team. You know, they show that they can go out and, and, and beat, you know, top-ranked Alabama. They've beaten some great teams this season. And then they go out and, you know, no offense, but, uh, you know, Kentucky is not a team that they should be losing to, you know, especially not when they lost in Knoxville. And, you know, when you're, you know, when you struggle the way they did yet, uh, Saturday at Rupp, you know, at the free throw line, you're going to lose those games. And, 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 and that has become my pet peeve in college basketball shooting the NBA. They're free. Make those shots. Don't show me the circus Steph Curry threes. You know, don't don't wow me with a a big dunk. Just just make some of those free throws, man. I know, and that's the other part of it too. Is is watching this team down the stretch as of late. You know, it's one of those you don't want to be too hot and then fall off. You know, we've seen certain NFL teams do those types of things. Where is this team at going into SEC tournament and the March Madness when it comes down to where they are? Do you trust if you are a betting person, Teresa, to say, yeah, my Vols are gonna do this if you're a fan of them? Uh, Ramon, I think every Tennessee fan is watching this team expecting to be disappointed in March. And, you know, I'm I'm, going to compare them to Vandy. Jerry Stackhouse has got Vanderbilt now five straight wins. Mm -hmm. Look who is, look at the SEC standings this morning. Look who's right behind the Tennessee Vols. It's Vanderbilt. And they are nipping at their heels. And, you know, it's because of things like we saw this last week. You know, this last week is perfect. You know, they can go out and beat Alabama. And then they go lose to Kentucky. And that's what we're, you know, that's what every Tennessee fan is wondering, you know, and, and remembering, you know, this, you know, Tennessee has a history of not being able to, you know, they bump their head in, in, in March. Uh, they tend to, you know, lose to, you know, my husband calls them beer league teams, you know, <laughs> uh, Sister Jean type teams, shall we say, um, you know, it, once they get to the tournament. And what happens? It's because they go cold offensively and, and, and struggle to shoot. And, you know, but, but this is a team that started off the season beating Gonzaga, you know, in that, that, that televised exhibition game. I mean, they've shown that they can beat the best teams in this country, and they can also stub their toe, and that's the problem with March. I mean, the, NC, you know, the SEC tournament's going to be here in Nashville in a couple of weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're perfectly set up. 
you know, you know, you would think that because of their success this year, winning the tournament last year uh, on the road out of state, that you know they would bring a lot of Orange and Wyatt to, to to Bridgestone Arena, have a chance to do something. I mean, last year they won for the first time in 41 years. I was still in high school the last time they had won an SEC tournament. Now they come in, the defending champs. They could go for back-to-back tournament titles. They could absolutely do that. And they could go out in, 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 on Saturday in the semifinals. I mean, we have no clue what this team is going to do. And that's, that's the biggest thing. We have no idea it, how they're going to respond to the moment. And, and that's the other thing, too, as far as responding to the moment of being good and staying good, too. That's, that's where the, the, you know, the separation come from good versus great. And another one of those conversations that has to be had over this weekend, too, it's early, but you start off number two in the in the country as far as baseball goes. It's one thing, Teresa, you know, to be hot, but it's another thing is to stay hot and keep that standard there. Going one and two on the weekend for the Vols, I don't think many people expected that from the baseball team. No, and it doesn't ha- help that, uh, you know, a player that they seem to be counting on, what is it, Mally Ahuna? Uh, you know, that they're still waiting for his eligibility to be cleared. You had Frank Anderson, your pitching coach, finishing out a suspension from the NCAA tournament last year. You know, so it was a little bit – it was a rough start for the baseball Vols this weekend, for sure. Now, that said, you know, yeah, they absolutely have to deal with – they're now the hunted. They're not the hunter, you know. All Mm -hmm. the fun that they had last year, you know, shooting up to the top of the rankings and and being the number one seed going into the NCAA tournament – you know, people expect, you know, they see Tennessee on the schedule. They're circled this season. How did the Vols respond to that? And they've had a lot of changes. This is not the roster from last year. So how does this team respond to, you know, having that target on them? You know, Vanderbilt's been dealing with this with Tim Corbin for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they've got Tim Corbin, who's been around for 20 seasons. He knows how to guide this team. You know, Tony Vitello, with all the success that he's had, you know, he's got to show that he can, you know, keep the next group going and, and get them ready to play when you're going to get every team's best every time you go out on that baseball field. So how do they handle that? And that's going to be a big part of what kind of success do they have this season. They've got the talent to be among the best in the country. Now the problem is how do they handle now that people are, are getting up for them every single time they mm-hmm. go out and play? Mm-hmm. Teresa Walker, our guest this morning on Ramon, Kayla, and Will. And Teresa, speaking of higher expectations, that's what Vanderbilt basketball fans have now, considering how good they've been over the last couple of weeks under Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, what do they What do they need to do in order to sneak into the back of the NCAA tournament? Well, they need to finish strong here over these next two weeks, and it's not going to be easy because you know, uh, you know, now Florida uh, later this week. That's a game that you know that should be a win. You know, they've got a couple of home games, but they've also got to go to Rupp. How do they play there? And, and let's, be, let's be honest, Liam Robbins being available ha- and, and turning into this double-double machine has been a big part of their, their kind of their growth and their development. And, and, and we've seen, you know, for all the, the criticism Jerry Stackhouse has taken, he, you know, and he was taking a lot of it in, mm-hmm. in, in January. Let's not forget, people like, Candace gave him an extension. Why in the world? What are we doing here? But he has shown that his teams get better in February and into March. And they, if they can keep that up, then they, they, they're a strong performance in the SEC tournament. I mean, they've got as many quad one wins as Kentucky. 
You know, so, uh, you know, they've got, they can make just as good an argument that we should be, you know, we've, we've got a Tennessee tournament resume together. We should maybe be making a run, but it's going to be how they finish here. And can they get a couple wins in the SEC tournament? And the way they play guys, a team that was, uh, you know, that had been for a few years a Wednesday participant in the SEC tournament, they're looking at being able to rest a little bit and not play on that opening day. And that is huge for you to have a chance to get a win or two in the SEC tournament. Is this competition good for the SEC, meaning the way these teams are <laughs> seem to be fighting it out on the physical side, or do you need a team to kind of separate themselves? Because Sankey made the, the, the comment about, you know, the Big 12 <clears throat> winning, uh, Big 12 and ACC winning national championships as far as basketball goes, and that's the one, you know, department that the SEC hadn't done a lot of. Well, I'll say this. Uh, I've been watching the, the bracket breakdown of, you know, the estimate of how many teams the SEC would get in. At one point in the season, it was down to five. Mm-hmm. And I noticed last night it was up to eight. Uh, so, you know, they are, you know, they may be beating up on each other, but they're also making an impression with how they're playing. So, uh, you know, that, that is a great question, though. I mean, you know, this schedule and then, you know, and once we get Texas and Oklahoma into the mix and, you know, at 24, for basketball, it's going to be even more interesting and even more cutthroat. But, you know, the fact of the matter is SEC teams still have more quad wins than, you know, than I think what ACC has this year. So, you know, SEC is putting together a good resume on the court. Now, does it stack up to what we're seeing out of the Big Ten, the Big 12? It's a great question, but, you know, we'll have to see. The question is all, you know, it's just like, you know, you're, the SEC is measured by how many national football championships they've got, and you know they've got a lot of teams that are in competition for that, right? Yeah. Uh, or at least you know they they've been racking them up: Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Before that, well, can they get teams getting into that second weekend and to the Final Four? You know, Bruce Pearl took Auburn to the Final Four. Uh, you know, not too long ago. But let's face it: we've got to show more depth out of this conference for them to start getting more of a reputation as a basketball league. It's just that simple. You've got to make it to the Final Four, and you've got to get more teams there. It just can't be an off year and South Carolina gets there. You need to get, you know, more and more teams need to get there. And let's face it, Tennessee is one of those teams that, you know, was seen as a Final Four team before the season started. And if they could be one of the teams that make it there, you know, not only would that help validate Rick Barnes' amazing career, it would help show the depth of this league. Teresa Walker, our guest this morning on 104.5 The Zone. And switching gears to the Titans, Teresa, now that Eric Bieniemy is officially headed to Washington, uh, do you feel like the Titans should have waited a little longer before promoting Tim Kelly to try to bring him in-house? What, what was kind of your reaction to seeing Bieniemy officially announced in Washington over the weekend? Well, it, it, we all kind of were thinking that that was one of the moves in, until they made all their announcements and, and promotions. You know, we weren't surprised when it ended up being Tim Kelly. And, and Mike Brabel did say that they talked to a total of, you know, six candidates. Now, we don't know for sure was Eric Bieniemy part of that group. Uh, but you know what? One of the guys that they did talk to who was interviewed for other offensive coordinator jobs was Charles London. And he is on this coaching staff. So, you know, he's an outside voice who, you know, once upon a time 
was, you know, he, he's kind of back with the Titans. He was once on the staff as a quality, you know, control kind of guy. But he has been with Matt Nagy. He was, you know, Matt Nagy, who we all now expect to be the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, who was once the coordinator in Kansas City, uh, worked with Arthur Smith down in Atlanta. So there's been, you know, Mike Vrabel did bring in some outside voices onto this coaching staff for the offensive side. It's just that, you know, it, 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 timing is everything. A year ago, we would have been so excited that it was Tim Kelly because it would have been a change from Todd Downing. But because we had Tim Kelly around and this offense got worse under Todd Downing, with Tim Kelly as the pass game coordinator, we're still kind of in this area. We just don't know what we're going to get out of this offense with Kelly as the new coordinator. So, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that if Eric Bieniemy was the guy that was announced, I think people be, yay, even though you don't have any clue what he did and he wasn't the guy calling the plays in Kansas City, everybody would have been excited. So timing is everything in this business. Teresa, what do you think is the state of the Titans in the AFC South at this point? You have Colts go get an offensive-minded coach from Philly who's just in the Super Bowl. You have the Texans go defensive-minded, and you got Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Where are the Titans in this? Are they, you know – is it a fist fight, rock fight? Where are we at? Well, I think it's a fist fight because, I mean, you know, the Titans were three minutes away from being the three-time defending mm-hmm. AFC South champs uh, despite finishing the season on a seven-game skid. So I'm still going to put them in the lead. Uh, the problem is, we, you know, once we know what they do at quarterback, you know, right now you, when you see Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud going to – you know, and I think every Titans fan is praying the Colts draft Will Levis. Um, you know, you, you're waiting to see what the quarterback situation ends up being in Houston. We saw what it is in Jacksonville, and Trevor Lawrence with Doug Peterson, you know, looks like, you know, a, a wonderful friendship together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, this division, uh, which for a few years was sending more than one team to the postseason, uh, it's just the last two years things kind of went to heck in a handbasket. Uh, you know, it, it looks like it's back on path to becoming one of the tougher divisions again. And the Titans are going to have to show that they can keep their head above water in this division. And, and you know, but, but we've got to see first what uh, Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel do at quarterback and what Tim Kelly is going to do with this offense before we can really see how things shape up. They've got the experience, you know, we think, you know, if Brian Tannehill's their quarterback and Derrick Henry's still there, if they can fix this offensive line and add some skill positions at, at, at the outside to help Ryan Tannehill, then there's no reason why they can't say, you know what, we, we've been there. We, we know what to do. We can go fix this. We just need to stay healthy, and we can win this division again. Mm-hmm. Um, but until we know, you know, there is a big question mark. Teresa Walker has been our guest this morning on Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Always appreciate Teresa giving yes. us a couple of minutes. Thanks so much, as always. My pleasure. Thank you all, and have a great Monday. You too. You too. There's Teresa Walker with us this morning on the Barks Bay Real Estate Hotline as we close out the show. Take a look at tomorrow's show. Get to any headlines that we missed. What we've been watching over the weekend. I've been watching a lot. Really? Too much. I, uh, I, I, I was flipping a lot, so I actually watched the finish of the Daytona 500 yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I did. We'll get it, into that. We'll uh, get the headlines you missed. Coming up next, it's Moe and Kayla and Will, 104.5. Let's see. Something different for dinner. 
searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here. Ma'am, our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kamal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. One final segment this morning of Ramon, Kayla, and Will, powered by all four seasons garage doors with Ramon Foster, Jonathan Schaefer. I'm Will Bowling. Kayla Anderson, she's back tomorrow, yes? Yeah. Kayla's back tomorrow. Back from the sunshine, sunshine, sunshine state. Ooh. Man, this transcript's iffy. Took you a second. It did take me a second. Uh, looking forward to uh, having her back. Appreciate Ben McKee, Josh Heupel, Teresa Walker making some time for us this morning. And again, if you missed our conversation with Josh Heupel, you can check that out on your favorite podcast feed coming up here in about 15 minutes. Easy. Get that posted for you uh, pretty immediately. A light work today. right there. Huh? That's right. I know it. I knew it. So you had baseball over the weekend. Did have baseball, man. We went to a showcase this weekend. Kid performed pretty good. Nice. So I'll leave it right there. I'm not RJ showing that guy. That was a good day. A good weekend. Really good weekend for him. Uh, and got back home. I still had a decent time. They played a game. Man, he did nine innings in under two hours. That's not bad. Whew. Not bad at all. You want to talk about getting back on the road? Made a stop at Bucky's. There we go. Hey. That is a free shout out. I will freely give <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but you didn't get Mama Bowling one on Friday for the birthday. Okay, easy. Easy. I'm not over that. I'm team Mama don't Bowling in, on this Don't one. put me in uh, parent okay. purgatory. You make a threat, I stop. I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, but then I got home, and I actually ended up watching some of the end of the Daytona 500. It was it was really was interesting. Double overtime, whatever in the world that means. Double, triple overtime. I saw some people getting mad because they didn't uh-huh. finish the finish line out and stuff, and I was just like, well, it was still exciting because I think it was like three crashes back to back to back. That is uh, the best video game to play with friends. Oh, yeah. Is the NASCAR video game. Oh, yeah. That is the best thing when you're going over to a friend's house in like middle school mm-hmm. and you, you're looking for a video game to play. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, fire up NASCAR Heat and let's start driving backwards and try to flip a car. <laughs> like the fact that I still do that regularly. Like last weekend, I literally spent time, my roommate and I. On a NASCAR Heat 5 lobby trying to flip cars over the guardrail. I've done that. Legitimately before, something that still entertains me because I'm a juvenile. You know what's so mind blowing to me about NASCAR? I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, NASCAR, I understand aerodynamics, you know, the, 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 the drafts that they get behind. I can't understand how they're going 198 miles per hour. And they're, you know, toe-to-toe. They're, they're back yeah. in the back end with one another. That blows my mind, Will. Uh, a story for a uh, larger discussion tomorrow, courtesy of Ross Dellinger this morning. Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated 
with some interesting proposed rule changes in college football that are being discussed. Listen to this. Four rule changes uh, prohibiting consecutive timeouts mm. where you can't ice a kicker with two straight timeouts. Okay. I always think back to Jeremy Pruitt calling three timeouts at the same time in Tuscaloosa against Alabama and then Alabama missing the said kick because yeah. Alabama kickers are a thing. Um, <laughs> no untimed downs at the end of the first quarter or third quarter off a penalty. Okay. I'm okay with that. Okay. Number three, clock runs after first downs except inside of two minutes and a half. Oh, they're changing that one? I think you should. I think I think that's a welcome change. That's like a, a extra timeout in college, man. That would be the biggest difference is you would go to the NFL rule. Oh, man. Or be more like the NFL in that, that the clock would run after first downs except inside two minutes of a half. Obviously, in the NFL, yeah. it always runs. Always. But inside of two minutes, it would stop on first downs. I actually like that. I hope so. It's a way to take away these four and a half hour, five hour football games when Tennessee, you know, by the way, Tennessee beat Alabama last year. Like when Tennessee beats Alabama and the game takes five hours. That also changes the the workings of like last minute field goals too on -hmm. those timeouts. I mean, those first downs. Well, inside two minutes, it would be the same. Uh, Okay. You did say that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Uh, The fourth rule change is completely ridiculous. What is this about? Clock runs on incompletions once the ball is spotted. No. I don't see any oh, incompletion. I don't see any scenario of that. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Are they proposing that one? That, They're these, proposing. Okay, that's no. I don't see any scenario of that. That's not. That one's not going to pass. What about uh, clock Dele- running on incompletions no, once the ball is spotted? It'd be silly. like it is with first downs right now. That, that pretty much. They're just really trying to spree, speed up the game, Dan. Which who, is needed. Who submitted that? No, that no. guy should be smacked in the back of the head. <laughs> who? 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 Yeah, they they, use, they should attach their name to whoever said that one. That's that's beyond silly. On oh, incompletions, like come on, bro. That's, that's, that's College football conducted a field study last season to ascertain the impact of the proposed changes. A running clock after a first down, Ross Dellinger writes, would eliminate about seven to nine plays per game. Yeah, a running clock after an incomplete pass. Could immolate, uh, could eliminate, yep, an enemy. No, could eliminate, Im- immolate. That would be much more interesting if it immolated. Could eliminate more than twice that number. So you're eliminating 15 plays per game if you do the incompletions and you start running the clock when the ball is spotted. Make coaches coach out here. And you're also making offenses like Tennessee's a little less powerful if they get to run less plays every game. Mm. Honestly. You got to adjust to it. Pendulum then, swings. What about the uh, what about the injuries? They got that one yet? Fake injuries Fake are injuries. not on the proposed rule. Ah. Yeah. Mm. I had hopes. Congrats to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss football. Back at it again tomorrow morning. The show will be whole again yeah, yeah, with Kayla yeah. Anderson back in the building once again. We'll replay our conversation with Josh Heupel. We'll talk a little bit of Tennessee and SEC hoops with Mr. SEC Network, Ron Slay. We'll do much, much more. Who knows what violence will ensue tomorrow morning from 6 to 10 a.m. But what ensues right now are words of wisdom you need on President's Day, Memorial Day, Groundhog Day, and any day in between, courtesy of the Big Ragu. You must remember at all times, good people, enjoy yourselves, but your Twitter fingers and your mic is always hot. We'll see you. Are you 
you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Listen. 